Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, good evening. Yes, oh, how the Lord comforts us. Welcome to the Learner's Lounge Thursday, Power by Blessings by Grace Radio. Tonight is going to be Thursday night. This is the 9th of March, 2022, 2023. We are in the Apple Valley Studio tonight with the Honorable Dr. Bishop Alfred Moore. He will be breaking down the Word of God to us like and never before. That was a song called You Know My Name featuring Jimmy Craviti with the Honorable and Comparable co-pastor Tasha Cobbs Leonard. So that is always a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful song. Yes, that was an excellent song. And tonight we're just so lady because we're back in the studio for Learner's Lounge Thursday, which means we're going to get our learn on tonight. So get your pens, your papers, or a notepad and a pencil. But get ready to learn, learn, learn. Now it is time for my segment, which is called Inspiration Thursday. And tonight I wanted to talk about what the scripture, Mark 8 and 36, means. I just wanted to basically just talk about that real quick, easy, simple, and that way Dr. Moore can prepare, and then we'll be ready to learn. So when we talk about the verse itself, uh, Mark 8 and 36, it says, what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? I was very interested in this because on Sunday our bishop did talk about this on Sunday in church, so I was very interested to do a little bit of research because the scripture did stick out to me when he was able to break it down on 
Sunday. So that was pretty awesome, right? If you were in church or you watched the live, you heard him preach, preach, preach. The word was good, good, and good. So basically, if we go back to the scripture before that, soul is the same as life in Mark 8 and 35. It can be literally the breath of life or the core soul of a person. World is from the Greek root word cosmos. It can mean the earth, all the people of the earth, or the ungodly elements of creation, but it can also mean order of government. That's what cosmos can mean, that particular word. Now, Jesus does condemn people's desire for the world, despite the expectations of almost everyone or everybody. He did not come to bring political order to Israel. He criticizes hypocritical people such as the Pharisees for twisting the um, God-worshipping activities of giving, which can be found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, and praying, which can be found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, into attempts to earn the world's approval. And he says that earthly riches create a strong barrier between would-be Christ followers or Christians and the kingdom of God. Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 25 talks about the barrier between the people that would be followers of Christ and the kingdom of God. Because there are people that can claim Christ, but do they really know him? Absolutely no Christ. Just because they say, I know Jesus, do you, are you really a true believer or a follower of Christ? Now, we often see this world as having everything we need for a happy and fulfilled life. And in the beginning, that was so. Genesis chapter 1, verses 29 through 31. But even then, there was nothing in the world more precious than our life our immortal soul's potential to live for eternity in paradise with God. Jesus knew that when Satan offered him the world, of course we know he offered 40 days and the 40 nights when Satan told God, I will give you all of this. That was Matthew chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. Now, only would Jesus not sacrifice his own integrity for the world. He would not sacrifice our souls for our own. Now, the Gospel of Mark. It was written shortly after John, Mark, who most scholars believe is the author of this gospel, we're just talking about the gospel of Mark, abandoned Paul and Barnabas in the middle of a missions trip. They talk about that in the gospel of Acts, chapter 13, um, verses 5, and also a little bit in verse 13. Mark had just recorded that Jesus equated Peter's influence of that of Satan, Mark 8 and 33, in a few short chapters. Peter will deny that he ever knew Jesus, which is coming, and it's going to be verses 66 through 72. Now, this must have been a convincing passage for Peter and Mark to write about. And the reason why this is so tedious, the reason why this scripture, which, again, the main scripture is, for what shall a prophet a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? So when my grandfather was preaching on this, our bishop, he was preaching on this, on Sunday in our church, because a lot of times we as a people, we think that worldly possessions are important. Materialistic things are going to make us stand out, make us pop, make us be where we are today. But if we really thought about it, if we had everything in the world, will we really have Jesus? I believe that, and I've asked my grandfather this a lot of times, how come a Christian person, a person that wholeheartedly follows God, why does he have to struggle? Wonder where his bills is going to be paid. You know, wonder how is he going to get gas in his car. Wonder if he's going to live in his house the next month. 
Like, how come a Christian has to suffer like that when they're following God? And my grandpa told me, because our riches come in glory. We receive our riches from God. So every time we think we're at our wit's end, we think we can't pay the bill, the lights, for instance. We don't have gas to go. God makes a way. He opens a door. In in our darkest hour, wondering and stressing, God says to the inner voice of us, fret not, my son or my daughter, my child. God is literally telling us, I've got your back. I know what you need. I'm going to give you what you desire and what's of the necessity. God only gives us what he knows we need. Sometimes what we desire is a necessity, and God allows us to get it. But, but if it's not going to strengthen our faith and our walk in Christ, we might not need it because it could do more than good. If we were all rich around here, we might not be humble. We stubborn, disobedient. We might not want to help our fellow brother men to get where we are. This is why sometimes we don't get the benefit of material things because we won't know how to handle it. We won't follow God's path. Why? Because we're too greedy. We're too egregious. We don't want to follow God's path because we think we got it all. So in my closing, I really believe that, again, Mark 8 and 36, for what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? That this scripture is telling us that we need to not worry about the things of the world that are materialistic, that things of the world that are here to bring us harm, because if we are needing of anything, God is the person who can provide everything. Like I always say here on this radio station, without God, we are nothing. But with God, we are everything. Everything is possible to those who truly believe we can have it all in Christ Jesus. But without him, we have all the money in the world. But you know what? We can't take none of that with us. And would we rather have all the money in the world or would we rather have our arms captured and raptured in Jesus? That's what we have to think about. And this scripture can give us that opportunity to think about that. But remember, I'm not the preacher nor the teacher. I just like to inspire you with love. Anything I say in my segment inspire you. And please, by all means, take those scriptures I give you and read for yourself, learn for yourself, and inspire yourself, and then inspire somebody else. And now it is time for the reason we're all here on Learner's Lounge Thursday is to get our learn on. So please get out a pencil, a pen, even a crayon or a marker would work. Get a piece of paper, a notebook, anything you want, and write down these notes because these lessons we are ready to learn and get schooled because this is seasoning that you can't get anywhere but at this radio station. Or if you listen on Sundays in church when Dr. Moore is preaching to us, his congregation, you get that flavoring, that seasoning, and everything above and beyond. Ladies and gentlemen, the Honorable Dr. Bishop Alfred Moore. God bless everybody. God bless you tonight. Amen. In Radio Land, God bless you. God bless you. Thank God for inspiration tonight. Amen. You have heard a short sermonette tonight from man by granddaughter. Amen. Uh, being inspired by the word. Amen. On Sunday that I briefly shall continue with Amen tonight. I want to apologize, Amen, for on last night my grandson, Amen, was in the hospital and we couldn't come on for prayer. But Amen. If God delay his coming, we shall continue 
amen, uh, in prayer. And ask you to pray much for us, amen, as we try to promote the word of God in the last and evil days. Amen. Uh, my granddaughter did a beautiful job here, amen, expressing, amen, what would it profit a man Oh, don't let the woman be out. Oh, a woman to gain the whole world and lose their own soul of what will you have in exchange for it. It brings my attention, amen, to the uh, lesson, amen, that the Lord is laying up on my heart tonight, a very familiar scripture, amen, that we often have quoted, but uh, we somewhere have gotten away from it. And uh, the Lord, amen, want me to bring this back to you tonight. And that is John 3, 1 and 8. Amen, uh, John 3, 1 and 8. And the reason says, amen, uh, there was a man of the Pharisee named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can, can do these miracles that thou dost except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto the except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not, I say unto thee, you must be born again. The wind blows where it listens, and hears the sound thereof but cannot tell whence it comes and whether it goes. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Romans 6, 1 picks that up and says, What shall we say? Then shall we continue in sin that grace made by God forbid? How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer there any? Know ye not that so many of us, as were baptized unto Jesus Christ, were baptized unto his death? Wherefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was risen from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together, in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we shall not serve sin. We're talking a little tonight about the new birth. Uh, we used to, amen, readily hear about the new birth. Quite frequently, amen, but we're getting away from the meaning of the new birth. Here was a man, amen, as you have heard many times, a religious and a devout Jew, amen, that 
knew the law and walked it, amen, circumspected toward the law. And amen, he watched Jesus when Jesus came on the scene and seen, amen, that Jesus did things that were different from the most of the people's that he had ever seen. This man, amen, observed that Jesus, amen, he was a ruler of the Jews. That means, amen, he was in a high position. He was well known. And he came, amen, unto Jesus by night. We don't know, amen, why he came by night, but he came expecting a man to find something out about Jesus because, amen, the rest of the religious people that was around at that time didn't do what Jesus was doing. And his curiosity got a hold of him. He came to him by night and said unto him, Rabbi, he recognized, amen, that Jesus was a rabbi. And that gave him some politically reverence, amen, that he knew, amen, that he was different from the rabbis that he had met, and he was among. He said, Rabbi, we know that thou art, we know you are a teacher, and we know that you come from God. This was insight. Amen. Because Jesus came as a Jew himself. He said, We know that you come from God, and that no man can do the miracle that thou dost except God be with him. God got to be with you to do what you are doing. I'm among many great scholars and teachers, amen, among the Sanhedrins, and I sit daily in the council and I listen to them, and they are great, but I don't find nobody doing what you are doing or can work the miracles that you are working. And Jesus, amen, answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man be born again. This is the question, amen, that is lying in my mind right now. Are Jesus talking directly to you? Have you accepted this invitation as being one of God's creators, creatures, Have you heard the voice of the Lord saying, you must be born again? You cannot get into heaven no kind of way but being born again. And and we're going to talk about this born again in a few minutes. It is a change that comes in your life. 1 John 5 and 1 says, For whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. Now, that's a great statement, amen, because we got so many people say that they are born of God, they love God, they obey God, and still doing the things of the world. Something is wrong. Something is wrong, my friend. For whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, 
even our faith, our faith in Jesus, help us to overcome the world. Be in the world, but don't you be of the world. We got a problem today. Are you really born again? This is what the Lord, amen, was telling Nicodemus, a man must be born again. And when he was speaking to man, he was speaking to humanity as a whole. Man and woman, in order to go back with Jesus, we got to be born again. Every organization that requires loyalty and provides benefits requires some form of initiative for its new members. The initiative may simply be signing certain agreements, paying a requirement fee, participating in special ceremonies, it can be all different kind of things, but when it comes down to Jesus Christ, this when it comes down to Amen for us accepting Jesus Christ, the most democrat demonstrated requirement some form of initiation, a conversation in order to become a member of the church. Sadly, most churches require some kind of commitment. But Jesus made it plainly to Nicodemus that a person must be born again. If he is to enter the kingdom of God, if you're going to enter the kingdom of God, you got to change sides in this world. And what I mean about that, if you're going up into the kingdom of God, you got to take off of your old sinful nature and put on the nature of Jesus Christ. The term new birth. It implies losing the old identity. Every one of us that has been born again has lost the old identity. Now, I'm not saying amen. We are not struggling sometimes, but we don't lost the old identity. In other words, the old man that we used to go along with, the old nature that we used to go along with, and do anything that we wanted to do, we don't have that nature anymore. To enter into a new adoption, a new way of life. Entering into a new family, learning new habits, living new rules are required and is required a new name. We change this. When you are born again, and truly understand the very nature of being born again, our spirit change. We change. It takes something, amen, 
for our spirit to change. But amen, we are amen. Uh, 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 we, we, we are not no more the old creature. We come to be new creatures in Christ Jesus. Jesus, he uses an analogy to illustrate uh, the dramatic transformation of conversation. This is nothing mild of the unfulfillment about a birth. It is one of the most profound and celebrated events in the human community. A new birth. Oh, when you are born again, you want everybody to know that you have been changed. Not only do, amen, you want everybody to know that you have been changed, your whole nature changes. You don't act the same way that you did, amen, uh, before, amen, you were changed. Your nature changed. Your walk changed. Your speech changed. Your places that you go, they changes. We celebrate birthdays. They are celebrated, amen, for a lifetime. It is, amen, the birthday of a former person, amen, that becomes, sometimes becomes a holiday. But not, amen, the death, not the day of their death. Man fell from the grace in the Garden of Eden and separated himself from God. Man failed from the grace, from the God, from the grace in the Garden of Eden. And he separated himself from God. Man is still separating himself from God today. You got to be born again. You got to be changed from the inside in order to be born again. And can nobody change you but Jesus Christ? He his disgenerated condition made him incompatible. Amen. With God, yes. When Adam sinned, Amen. He comes to be incompatible with God. He was like God, but now he's not like God. He doesn't fail. Jesus trying to plainly tell us, amen, humanity, you must change. You must be born again in order, amen, to be restored to the fellowship of God. People must be transformed from their current state. You've got to be transformed from your current nature. A current-minded man cannot please God. You can go around, amen, and, and joke if you want to. But a current-minded can't please God. You can say it's no harm, amen, is to have this kind of fun. A crumb-minded man can't please God. Now, in order, amen, for a relationship to exist, we must do the changing. We got to do the changing. 
If we're going to have a relationship with God, we're going to have to do the changing. Nicodemus came to the Lord. If we want a new relationship, we're going to have to come to Jesus. The new birth, the new birth brings about that change of a person base nature and put him in fellowship with God. My beloved tonight, if you hear me, are you in fellowship with God? I'm not talking about just knowing of him. I'm not talking about even knowing his name. But are you having an intimately relationship with him? Do you really know him? As you claim in him, do you really know him? Do you really have fellowship with him? Do you commune with him? Do you talk with him? I'm talking about new birth, a new change in your life. The opportunity is here right now. Today, he says that you hear my voice. He says, hard not your heart. Regardless of what other people have done, if he's talking to you, the Bible says it is, it is better to obey God than man. The need, amen, of the new birth. It's a need. It's a need, amen, of the new birth. When we have only a brief description, amen, of the prisoner sitting, amen, when man was untouched by sin. Adam and Eve, they enjoyed an arrangement, amen, that no other human has experienced. When, amen, there was no sin, I want to say, amen, they enjoyed an arrangement that no other human being had ever, they didn't know nothing about. When there was no sin, when the eyes was not open. Oh, they was in a place of utopia, amen, that they didn't know what sin was. But we're going to find out, amen, that only lasts for a little while. They lived, amen, in a world absent of violence. It wasn't no violence in that world, in the garden before they sinned. It was no suffering. It was no discomfort. It was no frustration. The only evil was the visit of Satan. Satan came and visited them, trying to tempt them to bring them, amen, into sin. That's all the devil has done today with you and your children and my children. He's trying to paint a picture to bring the world in the sin that he will be Lord over you, that you would do what he wants you to do with your sinful nature. Your sinful nature is a man evil. That nature that you're walking around in right now, you may put some perfume on it. You may take a bath, but it is evil. That's the nature of Satan. And the only dangerous War, amen, the forbidden fruit. The Lord, you know the story. The Lord told Adam and Eve, 
Amen. Every tree is, is in the garden was good for food. But the tree, amen, of uh, good and evil, he said, don't you eat it. Don't you touch it. The forbidden fruit, God is still telling you and I today, is to leave that forbidden fruit of Hollywood alone. That is forbidden fruit for a Christian. Hollywood, amen, is a forbidden fruit for you to go and try to get your entertainment or be exposed with the people. That's forbidden fruit. God's people have no business out there with Hollywood. Forbid you. Now, they didn't know that. They wanted to go where the bright lights was. They wanted to go where the crowd was. But they didn't know, amen, their soul was involved. There was a life of peace and tranquility unknown in today's poetic world. The most wonderful thing they enjoyed was the fellowship with God. I want to ask you a question tonight. Are you enjoying the fellowship with God tonight? Believers, believers, you that say that you have been born again, are you enjoying the fellowship with God? Or are your life so miserable? You don't know which way to turn. Let me go. The innocent provided them with fellowship with the Lord. All this was a man suddenly spoiled when they rebelled and ate the forbidden fruit. When you when you eat the forbidden fruit that God has told you not to eat. If you are living a holy life. There is something in you go to rebellion against righteousness, against holiness. You know you done did wrong. As many of you out there knowing that you done did wrong and living wrong and you're trying to overlook it, continue to say, I'm a Christian, and know you are guilty. When we are guilty, there is a penalty that we got to pay. I'm talking about the new burst. When they was amen in the garden, amen, they didn't have to work. But after amen, they sinned. Adam had to tilt the earth, amen, with the sweat of the sweat of his bow. Now a relationship with God became intense strain. It was hard for him. Eve had to bear children. Sin brings on punishment. Eve was punished by God by suffering in her childbearing with her su- su- suburban role to her husband. Now, amen, she got to obey her husband. They done sinned. 
The fall of man, amen, has pardoned the effect on all humankind. From that time forward, we are still assessed the danger of ter- a ter- terrible rebellion. We're still accessing the dangers of terrible rebellion and mistake. In Romans, the fifth chapter, verse 14 through 21, it offers a comparison between Adam and Jesus Christ. Born, both of whom are representative head of the human race. Adam's sin has a perverse effect upon upon the human race. For every person is now born into the world with a sinful nature. Adam called all of us to have a sinful nature. Not that infants have sin, but they have a sinful nature. Little babies, because of Adam's sin, they have a sinful nature. Don't mean that, amen, they that come to the knowledge of knowing what sin is, but their nature is sinful. And as we look at it today, praise the Lord, you can see, amen, sin, amen, in a two, three-year-old today displaying itself. Even the child may not be conscious of it, but you can see the nature of what sin is doing. Adam's sin affects, amen, the entire human race. So the redemption work of Jesus Christ, it affects every human who taken the opportunity through him to experience eternal life. Now, amen, Adam's sin affected the human race. But Jesus Christ, who came to die for the whole world through him to experience eternal life. Through Jesus, you can come back and you can experience what Adam and Eve lost in the garden, and that is eternal life. The door is being opened to you tonight. Jesus said, I am the door. I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life. It's left up to you to find the door tonight. For as by one man disobedient, many was made sinners. So by the obedient of one, many shall be made righteous, according to Romans 5 and 19. Sin is a universal thing. Sin is all over. All we have to do is look around and say, man, in every nation, every country, there is sin. Sin. Sin is universal. And let me tell you something. The reaction of sin is getting worse and worse. The nature of sin is being exposed more and more. But now Jesus has come to offer you eternal life. 
the scripture, amen, it confirms that death ranges from Adam to Moses, Romans 5 and 14. It makes it, it certainly, amen, that people living during this period were subject, amen, to the consequence of Adam's sin. Living without the law did not exempt them from the inheritance fallen sin. The law of Moses did not solve sin problem. The law was good, but it didn't solve sin problem. The Bible says, for what the law could not do, and that it will weep through the flesh, or that's through the people. God sent his own son in the likeness of sin for flesh, condemning sin in the flesh. That's what we get in Romans, amen, uh, the sixth chapter. Brothers and sisters, shall we continue in sin? That, amen, if God then brought you out of sin, shall we just continue to do wrong? No, God forbid. God forbid. Paul called the Lord schoolmaster to bring us, amen, to Christ. Galatians, amen, 3 and 24. The Lord was, amen, a diagnostic Revelation of peoples. It terrors spiritually sickness. They long for a solution of disease in their sin. Well, amen. Hallelujah. The law, amen. As a solution comes. And it has come, amen, to what Jesus told Nicodemus. You got to be born again. Every born again child of God. God did not make man to serve sin. God didn't make man to please Satan. God made man for his pleasure. Men to turn that around. God made you is to obey him. Jesus Christ came into the world. He divided the Old Testament from the New Testament. He separated, amen, the law from grace. Now, beloved, if, if we are not under the law, but we are under grace. If you are under the law, amen, you're going to be judged by the things of the law. But if you are under grace, then you're going to be judged by the thing that is under grace. He separated, amen, the law from grace. And brought about the kingdom of God. Now here comes Jesus bringing about a kingdom. God is a king, and he has to have, amen, a kingdom. And we are, amen, his, his king. He's the king, and we the, uh, 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 his subjects. God has to have something is to rule over. The Old Testament rule. Riches and tapping was only a foreshadow of the reality fulfilled in Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God became the doorway of escape for a person. Symphony. The kingdom of God made a way for you to escape sin. Let me tell you this. 
God, Jesus was God's strong hand, wretched to fallen mankind, offered everyone the opportunity to be lifted out of the pits of sinfulness and despair. Jesus rest down when we was a man on our way to hell. He rest down and pull us back from hell because we didn't deserve to go to heaven. We were sinful. Jesus Christ did more than bring the message of hope. He was the hope of the world. I came into my own, and my own received me now. He came into his own. He made the world. He made everybody in the world. But when he come into the world, the world didn't receive him. Oh, praise the Lord. The kingdom of God was preached by and embodied in Jesus. He was a cure for illness of mankind. He came to lift man out of the prison of condemnation, guilt, sin, and death. He came to, amen, to lift you up out of condemnation. There is therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. If you're in Christ Jesus, you are not walking after the old flesh. You are walking after the spirit. Now, if you're walking after the flesh, you can't please God. A kingdom, a coming kingdom was based theme of the Old Testament prophet when John the Baptist came preaching the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John, amen, was a forerunner for Jesus. He come preaching the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Even amen preaching John the Baptist, amen, fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah and Malachi, Isaiah 40 and 3, Malachi 3 and 1. John was comparing to a road, a building prepared the way for the Messiah to usher in the kingdom come. John was preparing the way for Jesus to come, come to what? Come to, to the world to save us. Are you saved tonight? Are you really saved tonight? If Jesus was to come back at this hour, do you know whether or not you were really Go back with him. Are you, have you really been truly born again? Let me get on down. Praise the Lord. The kingdom come. Thou will be done. Matthew 6 and 10. Jesus emphatically laid out the most important priority in life when he said, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Matthew 6 and 33. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek Jesus first. Don't go after the things of the world, trying to make a way for yourself. Seek the Lord. He said, all of these things shall be added unto you. My granddaughter put it so plainly tonight. Praise the Lord. What would it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Oh, yes, we are rich tonight. We are rich. We are spiritually rich. We, we have the inheritance of our Lord tonight. 
those that are in Christ Jesus, not those that are on the outside. As a result, amen, of this theme, the kingdom, amen, of God, in the uh, ministry of Jesus, the Pharisee asks, when the kingdom of God comes? Luke 17, 20 and 21, Jesus gave him a two-fourth answer. First, he says that the kingdom would not be visualized by the method of observing. In other words, he told him, you can't see the kingdom of God with your natural eye. If you're looking for the kingdom of God with your natural eye, you ain't going to see it. Then he says, amen, the kingdom of God is within you. And he was an amen when we were referring amen to that. He was saying the kingdom of God will be in you. But he wasn't talking to the Pharisee saying the kingdom of God was in them. Not that time. Amen. In in the uh, in this text, amen, it could not amen have meant they were a part of it. The kingdom of God being within a person implies, amen, that its residence is in the inward being of a person. That means, amen, Jesus lives within you. Jesus occupies itself within you. Is Jesus in you tonight? Are you led by the Spirit of the Lord, or are you led by your flesh tonight? Entering the kingdom of God, and this is what Nicodemus wanted. The Jews, amen, uh, they were uh, familiar, amen, with the doctrine of the coming kingdom of God, but the method they were not familiar with was the method of entering into the kingdom. Amen. The Jews believed that since they were Abraham children, they would automatically be members of God's kingdom. Now, I don't, I don't, amen, I don't care who you are. Just because, amen, you may be a relative of some people, it don't mean, amen, you're going to automatically enter into God's kingdom. You've got to be born again. You've got to be changed. Oh, praise the Lord. John the Baptist, amen, he came preaching, amen, that repentance and water baptism were necessarily initially experienced Amen, uh, Matthew 3, 1 and 6. You've got to, amen, be buried. First of all, amen, in order to come to Jesus Christ, you've got to repent. Repentance is necessary tonight. Repent for what? You've got to repent for your sin. Not for nobody else, but for your sin. You've got to repent. And then after you repent, you got to go down in water. You got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Then after that, Amen. After water baptism, you got to go on, praise the Lord Jesus, and receive the Holy Ghost. It's more than just by faith. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. I believe in Jesus. Well, the devil believe in Jesus too. Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe. Are you got the signs of the water baptism? 
or you have to sign the speaking in another tongue and the Spirit gave you uttering. Come on, church. John preached a true message, yet he had to add, he had to admit that it was not complete. He said, Ah, indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whom shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Have you been baptized with the Holy Ghost? Have you been in the upper room? Have you spoken the old unknown tongue and the Spirit of God gave you utterance? No man can say, Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. If you have not, seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he's nigh. And we're fine. Amen. You can have that Holy Ghost fire. The man Christ Jesus would complete the initial experience into the kingdom. The kingdom of God has come now within the heart of mankind. Hallelujah. In order to burn up all the guilt and all the sin and all the unrighteous thoughts, amen, the time to live in your life, amen, it ought to burn it up. You can have a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Jesus preached. Jesus also preached the message of repentance as a condition to enter the kingdom from the time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, Matthew 4 and 17. To publicly it revealed his obedience to God's plan. Jesus submitted himself to water baptism. Jesus, my God, the Son of God, he went and he was even baptized. John looked up and saw him and said, Behold the Lamb of God. I'm not worthy to baptize you, but Jesus said, Suffer to be so. Have you been baptized in Jesus' name? That's your scripture. Hallelujah. That's the word of God. Hallelujah. Jesus, amen. He wants us to praise the Lord, obey him, line upon line, and precept on precept. Jesus told, amen, the chief priests and the elders that the publican and the hollow, they'll go into the kingdom before them because they were self-righteous. They thought they had it. They thought they knew. And they didn't want to listen to Jesus. And he said, the publican and the harlot. And we also, amen, want to name them, amen, bad people. But Jesus was saying, amen, they would repent before you would. And to the kingdom before them. And in dedicating that pedigree and position have nothing to do with entering into the kingdom of God. Nicodemus was a teacher. He was a teacher. And when you and when you are a teacher you should have 
went, amen, and learned something about teaching. Nicodemus was a teacher. He was a Pharisee, and he was a member of the Sanhedrin, the Jewish ruling council. The Sanhedrin had seven members who together, amen, was responsible for religious decisions. These men, amen, had to make religious decisions. Nicodemus arranged a a reputation meeting with Jesus to inquire about the mystery of the kingdom. Now, amen. Nicodemus wanted to know about this kingdom. What, what, what kingdom are you talking about? The first message Jesus gave to him was, except a man be born, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That's John 3 and 3. Except a man be born again, he cannot even see the kingdom of God. See, if you are not changed, you can't even comprehend what the kingdom of God really is. In his reply, Nicodemus revealed his preoccupation with Jewish lineage, indicating his dependent upon his natural birth as a Jew. He failed to grasp the spiritual nature of being born again, for he thought that Jesus spoke of a new physical birth. You see, amen, he, 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 he thought Jesus was talking natural. Jesus said in St. John 6 and 6 to 3, he said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. I'm not speaking to you naturally. I'm speaking to you spiritually. Be born again. But Nicodemus was a carnal-minded man, and he didn't understand He should have, amen, but he he did not understand. My beloved, my time is out. We should pick up this up, amen, on next week, if the Lord permits. Speaking about the new birth, are you born again? Have you been changed? Are you in the kingdom of God? Today is your day. This is Dr. Moore saying, thank you for listening. Pray for this ministry, amen, that we may reach the lost at any cost. God bless you.